This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, Session 112, and the quote of the day is from Michael Allschuler, who said, the bad news is that time flies. The good news is you're the pilot. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers and industry professionals. Information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast, and I'm just, I'm in a good mood. I'm in a really good mood. There's a lot of stuff going on. I've been nominated for this Drummy Award. The The polls are closed, but uh, but hopefully hopefully I bring home a victory, so I'm waiting to hear on that. And now, speaking of Drum Magazine, the podcast is now syndicated on Drum Magazine's website. You can check it out at drummagazine.com. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're coming from Drum Magazine, I really, really appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast. Be sure to dig into the 110 interviews that I've done so far or 112 interviews I've done so far. So yeah, welcome to the podcast. If this is your first one, I appreciate it. This podcast is brought to you by Drum Magazine, and if you're looking to play better faster, I suggest checking them out. They don't just have these cliched Q&As, but they have in-depth product reviews and some of the best educational material you'll find on the net, like 43 Shuffles that you should learn. I didn't even know that there were 43 Shuffles. You can check them out and subscribe today at drummagazine.com. Drummers Resource Podcast is also sponsored by DW Drums. And as you know, I've been playing DW Drums for years, not only because they make great handcrafted drums here in the United States, but also because they support drumming initiatives, much like this podcast, all over the world. And I really believe what they're doing over there as a brand, as a company, and they're just great people. Be sure to check them out at dwdrums.com. This session is also brought to you by Promark Select Balance. Select Balance is a new way of building, typing, and choosing drumsticks. Choose the length balance point, taper, tip, and material that creates the best stick for using the Select Balance system, only from Promark. Check them out at Promark.com. The interview I have today is Dave Black, and for those of you who don't know who Dave is, Dave is a highly accomplished percussionist and composer who has written over 60 publications and arrangements that have been published through Alfred Publishing, Barnhouse, Warner Brothers, and many of them have also been recorded. He's also the the co-author of Alfred's Beginning Drum Set Method book. That is the best-selling drum book that has ever been written, so I'll let you think about that one for a minute. And they're celebrating their 25th anniversary of that book. So Dave and I talk about the writing of this book. They also released a new book, which we're going to talk about. And Dave gives a lot of insight of how the publishing world works, and also, you know, if you want to produce and publish your own book, he gives you some insight into that as well. So really cool interview. I'm really glad to have Dave on the on the show because I've worked out of this book when I was younger, so it's great to have him on the show and to talk about how this book was written uh, because you know I know about the book and I know so many people have used this book. I'm sure a lot of you listeners have as well. And like I said, they're celebrating their 25th anniversary of this book and it's the highest, most selling drum book of all time. So let's get into this with Dave Black. I hope you enjoy it. Dave, how are you, sir? Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. I'm doing well, thanks. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Absolutely, my pleasure. And it's it's great to have you because we're you're, I know that you're celebrating the 25th anniversary of Alfred's beginning drum set method book, and you and um, Sandy Feldstein wrote that book 25 years ago. Um, so, but before we get into that book, I I want to get a little bit of backstory of you, your career, and the things that you do. So, tell the audience who you are and what you do. 
Uh, well, my background is um, I have a degree in um, percussion performance from California State University Northridge with a minor in composition. And after graduating, um, you know, I had a performance degree. I thought I wanted to pursue playing full-time, and I traveled around the world for several years and was lucky enough to record it, uh, with um, Louis Belton and uh, Anita O'Day and uh, worked with the likes of Tony Bennett and um, a whole bunch of Broadway type of things and just kind of got tired of being on the road and um, because I wanted to write, um, you know, I wanted to spend more time doing that and I know that there was an uh, uh, an opportunity that opened up at Alfred Music uh, uh, 30 years ago. Uh, today, incidentally, or coincidentally, is my 30th anniversary with Alfred Music. Oh, really? Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And I thought that um, when I started here that it wasn't going to be a long-term thing, but kind of found a, a niche in terms of um, the editorial part and certainly as an author writing books, and concert band music, string music, uh, orchestration books, whatever. So it's been a, a, a great ride to not only have been able to contribute my own material, but to have kind of had a hand in the direction that music publishing has gone and and, um, and being able to do that by the materials that uh, I've been able to pick. Um, I started off in, in marketing and uh, rose through the editorial ranks, and my title now is uh, Vice President and Editor-in-Chief uh, for the Pop School and Church um, Market, and I'm the Percussion Acquisition Editor for the company. So um, I've been lucky enough to have, you know, fueled that catalog for the last 30 years, and it's uh, been great fun working with a, a lot, lot of wonderful authors and uh, great artists. So That's great. I'm very lucky and thankful. So now with the with the um, tell us a little bit about the Alfred's beginning drum set method book and and how that came about. Well, it was a natural uh, progression from the drum method. I mean, um, just a, a little bit of background there. You know, we had Haskell Har, which at the time the drum method came out in 1987 was 50 years old, and then Roy Burns had um, updated uh, the Haskell Har method in the 60s um, after 20 years. Um, you know, with his uh, uh, fundamental uh, method, and we kind of then updated both of those 20 years later. So the book came out 50 years after Haskell Haar's, and we just felt that that book had become a, a little um, dated and stuff, and it didn't have some of the bells and whistles. And so when we did that one, it was the first um, one to ever have a uh, VHS uh, with it uh, uh, introduced. Um, actual performance pieces like Sousa Marches and stuff like that. So once that book was finished, the natural progression was to move on uh, to drum set. And there were a lot more uh, drum set books out at the time, and then there were uh, beginning snare drum methods, but we felt that we could do some things that were, were different. I mean, the whole approach for the drum set method was to actually start the kid by you know, playing a beat which mm -hmm. had never really been done. It was, you know, most of the books at that time started off with a series of exercises and you warm up the hands and then you kind of apply it to the drum set. But we actually started out um, with the student playing um, a beat. So that was one of uh, the main differences. The other main difference was that it was one of the first books to ever include an audio CD. 
that had, um, you know, all the examples recorded so that the student could hear it. It also included three um, tunes, two jazz and or two rock and one jazz, or whatever, so that you know um, the drummer could play along with it. It was a track with drums, without drums. They could hear how the drummer played it and then play it along with itself. And that sounds um, kind of ridiculous today, I know, because everything is like that. But 25 years ago, it, it wasn't that way. Um, and then the other really unique thing about the book was that we provided um, a practice loop for the fill sections where, you know, there was like th we had one bar fills, two bar fills. So there would be three bars of time and a one bar fill or two bars of time and a two bar fill. And so we created, you know, these loops that, you know, had um, the drummer playing a, a, a beat for two or three bars and then blank for mm -hmm. the drummer to put in their own fill in there, and then it goes back to playing time, and those were like two-minute loops. And that was the first time that had ever been done, and it, um, w what it did was it basically, you know, forced the student to be able to practice fills and do it um, without rushing or dragging because, you know, the, the click was there silently, so they were you know, got two or three uh, bars of time, and then they had to play that two, two or three bar, or two or one bar fill, and come in again right on time with when it looped. Mm -hmm. So it was a great um, thing for them to be able to have, a great tool for them to have. Well, and you know, I think that that a lot of times beginning drummers have the issue of rushing or dragging in and out of fills. You know, that's one of the the main things that I've always seen with beginning drummers. Absolutely, and that was one way for them to be able to practice fills and stuff uh, without being able to fudge it. They had to, to, to come in and stuff. So mm -hmm. um, those three things, those were the three main things with that book that were um, kind of revolutionary at the time. What was that? I'm sorry. No, I said that the th those were the three basic things that we just talked about that were kind of re revolutionary to the book at the time, the fact that uh, it, we started out with an actual beat that it, it included a CD with all the examples mm -hmm. recorded, and it it included um, the practice practice loop. loops for fills to you know to help a student keep from rushing or dragging. Mm -hmm. Sorry, yeah, the uh, the phone cut out there for a second. I just didn't hear what you said right at the end there. Oh, no problem. Um, so I always it always fascinates me because I, I've always been interested in in trying to write a book. Um, and and I'm sure that there's some people out there as well. So what's your advice on on how to start to approach this and, and to put these things together? Because I, it's it's no small feat to write a book. Um, I know I, I know that for a fact. So what do, what do you suggest how, or how do you suggest people sort of start to get into that mind frame of writing a book? Well, it's interesting because it's changed so drastically in 25 years. 25 years ago, the only way really to have gotten a book published was to, uh, you know, submit an idea to a major publisher. Now, you know, 25 years later, you've got everybody self-publishing. You've got, you know, everybody has access to Finale, uh, to Sibelius, to InDesign. And so they can create books and stuff like that that look exactly like a published book. Mm -hmm. Now, they don't have the muscle that uh, a company like Hal Leonard or Alfred has, 
but it's taken a lot of the market share away because, you know, everybody can publish whatever they want, and then they sell it on their website uh, or to their local music store or whatever. And although they may not be able to sell the volume that we sell, you know, if you've got a, a hundred or a thousand drummers writing drum books of their own and they only sell 50 copies each, I mean, 50 copies times a thousand new books that are on the market is a, a chunk of that pie. Sure. But what I usually tell people, you know, the biggest mistake I think that most people make is that they just don't do the research, uh, enough research ahead of time. I mean, it, it's so funny after doing this for 30 years, I mean, I still get a manuscript or a letter saying, wow, I've never seen anything like this on the market. You know, I've been encouraged to kind of, you know, uh, get it published. And I look at it and I go, well, I can name a lot of things on the market that uh, are similar to this. And I, I don't know where they get that information. But before I all, before anybody starts writing anything, they need to do research. They need to do um, go online, Sheet Music Plus or J.W. Pepper or the websites to the major publishers and see what they publish, what is available and what's not. That's one way to, to fill a, a niche. Then if they're going to write a beginning drum set book or, or a snare drum book or something that's a, a styles book or whatever, what are you going to do that's different from the hundreds of books that are already out there? That's the big thing. It's like you can't do the same thing. What is the twist that you're going to use? Is it new technology? Is it... A, a new take on on something is, is it what is it that makes it different from um, everything out there and those are the first two things that they need to, you know to do I mean to research uh, publishers find out what they already have in their catalog if it's something similar whatever how do I make it different than what's already there mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and most of the time because you know, the, the, the old saying is, you know, does the world need another drum book? You know, there's it, kind of some truth to that. Um, but what I usually tell people, if they're not successful in getting a major publisher uh, to publish it, and I, I, I should backtrack a little bit, it's when we reject something or when we can't use something, it's not necessarily because the book was poorly written or it wasn't a good book. It's just okay, we may already have that in our library. We may be saturated with that kind of product, or, or we may just not think it will sell enough, uh, you know, for Alfred to take that, that chance on. And so it has nothing to do sometimes with the quality of the book and more to do with the demand and whether a particular publisher already has um, that in their library. But what I usually tell people who are not successful in, in, in getting to a major publisher is I suggest that they self-publish it um, because what happens when you self-publish it is that you can put it up on your website. You can go to your local music store, your, your brick-and-mortar store, um, ask them if they would be willing to carry your book, and they'll probably do it for a percentage of the sales. And then once they've kind of gotten, um, you know, a buzz about the book, you know, sales through a, a local dealer, sales through their website or whatever, come back to a major publisher at that point and say, you know, I, I self-published this. It's, it's been out for a couple of years. I've sold, you know, 500 or 1,000. I have X number of teachers and schools using it. You know, I, I, I've gotten a lot of good feedback or whatever. Would you reconsider it? And I think at that point a lot of publishers – would take a second look 
uh, at it because now it's it, it's got some traction. It's not just you know um, somebody who's coming in cold with a book that hasn't been proven or an author that hasn't been proven. Mm-hmm. And I think that that certainly helps a lot if you have that background or that name. Um, sure. And so if you can get a buzz, if you can get some traction or whatever, go back to the publisher again and um, ask if they can reconsider. The other thing I usually suggest is just, you know, rather than writing something cold and submitting it, you know, I, I'm not opposed to somebody calling me and saying, you know, uh, I, I'm interested in writing a book or I have several ideas or whatever. What kinds of things are you interested in? What kinds of things are, are, are not in the marketplace? What things are Alfred looking for? And I can kind of give them some direction. If they say, well, I'd like to write a beginning drum set book, I'm more than likely going to say, you know, there's a lot of very successful ones out there. And unless you have, unless you're Steve Gadd, who's writing um, a, a method, or you have some, you know, uh, major new concept or, or, or um, you know, audio video component to go along with it, it's just probably not going to fly. Mm-hmm. But there are there is this marketer, there is this thing, whatever, that tends to sell, or, you know, um, recreational drumming is a big thing, or world drumming or something. So it, it doesn't hurt to talk to the um, to the publisher or whatever, find out what they're looking for, and kind of how to go about it. That way you're not kind of wasting your time doing something that uh, a publisher is not going to be interested in. Sure, sure. Now, there... The the book specifically, um, I'm just looking over the top of it. So it has rock and jazz styles, beats and fills, snare drum and bass drum independence, drum charts, a demonstration play along CD, and then how to arrange your drum set. So I mean, this I'd be hard pressed to uh, to find somebody who's going to write a a beginning drum set method book that is better than this one. <laughs> I mean, you guys have have covered all the bases. I think that's why it stood the test of time. And and you know, 25 years later. This is still, I mean, this is this has got to be one of the top-selling drum set method books out there, right? It, it is. The um, drum method, the snare drum method, is the biggest-selling um, drum book in the world. It's hmm. now approaching 600,000 copies sold. That's insane. Uh, this book, the drum set book or whatever, I believe is approaching a quarter of a million sales. That's great. Um, yeah, so it's um, we've been very fortunate and very lucky, and... It's funny how it works because it's not necessarily um, certainly the best book or anything else out there. It's just, you know, what I'm finding is it's timing. It's like, why does the syncopation, Ted Reed syncopation book still sell 16,000 a year? Why does stick control still sell uh, 16,000 a year? Why does, you know, all these things still do that? The Jim Chapin book still sells quite a bit. These these books were in 1948, pub, published in 1948, mm-hmm. and there's just something about books that, you know, were published, you know, 25 years ago or sooner that kind of latched on and everybody uses them from generation to generation. You know, now I, I'd be lucky, you know, to um, accept something for publication or to write something and get, you know, sales of a thousand copies. Uh, in the first year, where back then it was not un- un- uncommon to sell 30,000 copies of something a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so the market has changed, and 
the the way people study and buy books is all changed. I mean, you know, a lot of people, like we talked about before, are self-published. A lot of people buy through uh, Amazon. And with the beginning um, book or whatever, you know, especially drum set, you know, once somebody has gone through a snare drum mm. book or whatever, they either want to continue studying or they, you know, aren't interested in moving any further or uh, they want to learn by rote. And so they don't study really out of books that much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's interesting how it's, how it's all changed. Sure. You know, it's but funny we, that we, we, we seem to get in at the very right time for some reason and uh, we were just lucky and you know a lot of it is just being at the right place at the right time well you can't uh you can't argue with that then right yeah (laughs) the uh the the one thing that that i found interesting about with um you know about some of these timeless books that you mentioned like stick control or um Mm -hmm. you know like like your book and and um you know the the chapin books and all that stuff i've noticed myself even i think i've bought I have four copies of stick control, you know, mm-hmm. over the years because I've lost one or I wanted one in my studio and one at my home or something like that. Or, or you, you know, went, went to one of your students and never got and it never back. got it back or something like yeah. that. But that's, you know, that's one of those books that you don't want to live without. And, and, right. you know, some of these timeless books that it's amazing how, like you said, some, some just stand the test of time. And if you look at those books, I mean, they're not very, pretty in terms of design. I mean, they were hand copies, not um, Benali or Sibelius, mm-hmm. the kind of boring, old-looking covers and stuff. I mean, it, it really is amazing that um, they've continued to, to you know, uh, stand the test of time. And, you know, what is their, you know, what, what keeps drawing people back to them, uh, you know, especially a new generation, which doesn't like studying out of a dry book. I mean, they want all the bells and whistles, and yet those books continue to sell and sell and sell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Now, do you see any trends now um, of of people that are pitching sort of the same thing to you guys? And also, what sort of stuff are you looking for, if you know what you're looking for right now? Well, the trend is, I mean, everybody wants to write because I think everybody has, you know, a slightly different take on their way of teaching and, um, you, you know, want to share share that with everybody else. I mean, I am becoming more and more picky about um, what I select because it's kind of like, you know, how you know how many snare drum books can I um, accept? How many drum set books or whatever? What is the different take every once in a while uh, i'll get that like a um a jazz a2 book that was a, a, a one of my authors um jake reed or whatever studied with peter erskine and wrote these um drum set etudes that were full page like solos that were very musical solos etudes kind of thing and uh, we didn't have anything like that you know most of the books are exercise oriented or beat oriented and it was so musical and such a, a fresh approach that um, I did that last year. I think where the market is going now um, is mostly interactive stuff and being able to create your own method. Um, I'm the co-author of Sound Innovations for Concert Band, and that's the first um, customizable method in the world where we wrote it so that in certain spots and 15 places throughout the method, you can swap out tunes if you're tired of playing Aunt Rhody or 
you know, hot cross buns or whatever, you can switch it out with another tune. You can make it all Latin. You can make it all Christian. You can make it all Jewish. You can make it, you know, all sorts of things. And in the beginning part, you also can um, kind of um, build it the way you want. I mean, starting with, uh, you know, half notes or, or quarter notes or notes inside the, the note head or in the key of B flat or in the key of F. And you customize this online and hit a button and it's printed and sent to them. Wow. And I think that is going to start happening now with drum books and stuff where somebody has been using, you know, the same drum set method, the same drum method for years and years. And it just kind of, they like the method, but they're kind of tired of it. They want to kind of uh, add their own thing or whatever. So I think what you're going to start to see fairly soon is the ability to be able to buy customizable methods where you have an author who writes the method but has also done the front matter so that uh, the teacher can write, put the kid's name on the book or their studio name on the book. They can write the front matter. Um, they can decide to start with, um, uh, you know, whatever it is, eighth notes versus quarter notes. Uh, there's would be areas in the, the, um, throughout the book where they could swap out solos uh, just as a change of pace, um, hmm. and then hit that button, it prints, and it's it sent to them, and it looks just like a real book. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so that's that's the big thing. That's where it's all going to go, and it's going to work with guitar um, uh, methods and guitar books and stuff like that. Imagine a guitar book that has all these great tunes in it or whatever, but you teach out of the same book for 10, 15 years, you get tired of those or whatever, Think of how cool it is to be able to swap out those tunes to something that's more current or to another kind of pop tune or some something just to, to build variety and, and just to add some other element to it. Yeah. Um, and the band method, string method, has been very well accepted because teachers do like putting the name of their class or their band on there. They do like writing the front matter. Some of them do have a preference. They like notes, uh, you know, in the middle of the note head. Uh, up to a certain point, some like starting with half notes, some like starting with quarter notes. So you kind of get the best of all worlds there. Um, so that's that's the big thing. That's where it's going. That is really interesting. You know, and of course, I, just the interactive thing in general. Uh, you know, just going from you know instead of having a CD, I remember like uh, like Zorro's book. I thought was great, uh, the big gig, mm -hmm. and it has all those YouTube links inside of there that you can just right. scan with the QR code, or you can go to the link and watch them all. I thought that was really really cool. And we're doing a lot of that too because what happens is you know when you provide a link like that, or and we even have as a publisher often has its own like YouTube site and stuff like that. It gives you the ability to be able to add new material, remove new material, correct new material, um, all that kind of stuff to keep things fresh or to uh, keep uploading um, uh, a variety of resources that you know a teacher can pass on to a student or a student can you know do the research and find out on, on his own. It, it just keeps it fresh. The other thing I should tell you, along with the digital stuff and, and the interactive stuff, is that um, digital printing has become enormous. All of our performance music is done digitally, and a lot of the books uh, that we do are done digitally. And what that has done with the publishing market is it's allowed books to remain in print almost forever. 
Um, mm-hmm. When we, you know, up to, I don't know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, you know, you, you did offset printing. And so you'd have to do enough printing or whatever uh, to make the price come down. And so if a book had dropped below 500 copies or whatever, we usually discontinued it because it wasn't cost effective to keep printing it. Well, now we can keep them, you know, until, you know, they sell 10 copies a year, 20 copies a year. But the, the big thing about the, the, the digital printing is it allows us to, to print a few at a time. That way, if there's a mistake, if there's uh, an error or something, it gets fixed immediately, and the next book that prints out is corrected. Mm-hmm. It gives us a chance to um, update um, photos, you know, like, you know, the drum set method, whatever. I mean, it's 25 years old. If it was printed digitally, I could update the pictures. I could update uh, an exercise or whatever, and you know we wouldn't have to wait till two, three, five thousand books were sold before having to redesign it and then reprint it again. Right. So right. It, it, it's all. It's all. Um, it's all changing pretty rapidly. Hmm. It's it's just amazing the just what the technology is doing for the publishing world. I mean, it's, you know, and, and so I was thinking about this while you were, while you were saying how, how you're doing all the digital printing and everything. Is there, um, is there any move that you guys see going into audio books? And, and I know that you guys used to do like a video podcast, um, Mm -hmm. but is there, is there anything that you plan on doing in terms of that? Yeah, that's all happening now. I mean, all the things that we've talked about, I mean, you'll find um, the drum method and the drum set method and stuff on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and stuff. It's an ebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the major band methods and stuff. Because there's several school districts now that buy their students iPads, and so all those books and all those teaching things are being um, taught through the iPad and stuff. And so uh, we have a whole department whose job is to go back through. And start scanning, you know, all the books that have been around for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, the good sellers or whatever, and make them available as ebooks. Gives us a chance to to update them, to put new pictures in and stuff. But they're all interactive as well. Like with the drum set method, if you go and you download the ebook on iPad or whatever, it'll have everything there, but it'll also have the um, little bar, the audio bar, right up underneath the exercise and or the DVD bar so that you can, you know, you have that exercise there and you hit the little play, um, you know, button right on that bar right underneath the the exercise and the audio recording plays immediately. So you don't have to keep going back to a CD and and stuff and, and doing it. The bar is right there. Each of the recordings are right underneath the examples. So it's it's made it a lot easier. I mean, you just you know move your finger across the screen, it it, it turns the page. Um, so all those books now, as we move forward, are being printed traditionally, but at the same time, we're also coming out with an ebook version, and we're also now going back and converting uh, a lot of the the best sellers and and good sellers or whatever to ebooks because. That's where it's heading. Now I should tell you that everybody thinks ebook, 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 and oh well, you got to do this and we got to do this. I can I can tell you that it's not moving as fast as the perception is out there. That in our publishing business, still about ninety eight percent 
of our entire um, sales are physical books. Only one and a half to two percent are digital purchases. So wow. we're still a long we're still a long way off in terms of you know uh, the the balance changing. But I think within the next five years um, we're going to see that change rapidly. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's, you know, and I think it's hard to change, to change people. People are resistant to it. So it's, it's an odd thing for, you know, maybe older teachers that don't want to make the transition to, to eBooks or, or drummers that are just used to working out of method books or, you know, working out of a book rather than switching to the, to the digital thing. But I got to tell you, I've, I've, uh, I've done both, you know, I've read, I've read eBooks and I listen to audio books and, and I've read your books that have the interactive stuff on it. And the more interactive it is for me, I think it's, you know, I like that better, but you know, I think it, you have to go by what your customers tell you. Well, yeah. And, and the customer base will continue to, to change. You've got the, um, you know, the, what, what do they call the uh, baby boomer generation or whatever. And some of them are resistant to change. Some of them don't want to, but you've got kids now and a new generation who have been brought up on iTunes and iPads and stuff like that and won't know of any other way. And so, the, the the shift will certainly happen. It's just not happening as fast as as we think. And when I give those numbers, like you know, two percent of our sales are are digital and ninety eight percent are still book, people are a little bit surprised by that. Um, I think the other reason that's holding it back is that you know it's a little more difficult to read a a, a page of band music or a, a a page of out of a drum book on an iPad. They're not very big. Mm-hmm. And so I still think that we're dealing with that size issue that it's cool to have it in, in front of you, but when you put it out on a music stand or whatever, uh, there's still some challenges that, you know, still, still have to be worked out. Yeah, that makes sense. That totally makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So now um, this – so as we mentioned, you're celebrating the 25th anniversary of Alfred's mm-hmm. Beginning Drum Set Method book. And we're actually – you were gracious enough to send me some copies of this book. So we're going to give away a couple copies of this book. So any listeners out there, if you're interested in trying to win a copy, uh, head over to drummersresource.com forward slash Alfred, A-L-F-R-E-D. And uh, you can enter to win your your uh, a free copy of the – beginning drum set method book and if you don't win and you haven't gotten a copy of it already i strongly suggest uh uh, picking one up because it's definitely it's definitely packed with knowledge and you know it's funny i was reading through this and even though it's a beginning drum set method book i think everybody can get something out of this no matter what skill level they're at i mean there's definitely there's definitely some interesting stuff in here well thank you and just just as as a um uh, a, a quick thing or whatever, we are in celebration of the 25th anniversary releasing book two 25 years later. Um, that will be out in July. Uh, when Sandy and I wrote book one, we had no intention of doing a book two because most people after they did, you know, one year or, or a beginning book or whatever, either moved on to the Chapin book or the uh, syncopation book or some other kind of book or whatever, and nobody really did, um, you know, a, a book two of a drum set method. And so that was never the intent, but over the years, you know, we kind of had people say, gee, I, I've used the, the beginning book for years, but I always wished that there was more advanced this beat or that this was included and whatever. And so we decided to go ahead and do it with my co-author, Mark Powers, who's been using the book for 
years, and he's the one that suggested it and stuff. So the new book will, you know, have more advanced exercises that you see there. But we also now introduce, you know, Latin and three four and brushes and linear um, drumming and, and all that kind of stuff. And there's I think 144 uh, tracks on the MP3 uh, MP3 CD and five playlongs uh, in this book or whatever that kind of happen at the end of major sections that, um, you know, a student can take what they've just gone through or learned and, and apply it to a real, uh, a real performance situation. That's great. And you so said that's, that's coming out in yeah. June? I think July. July. Yeah. And so what will the name of that be? That's will be Alfred's drum method book two. Cool. Or, I'm sorry, Alfred's drum set method book two. Cool. I'm just writing this down. Yeah, Alfred's Drum Set Method, book two. Great. And I'll definitely let the let the listeners know when that comes out as well, because I, I just I really I really believe in these books, and especially Alfred. I mean, you got Alfred has had, you know, such a a long list of, of great books after, what, 90 years doing this? Yes, 90, a, year, 90 plus years now. Definitely. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And I know that just, you know, my family uh, has been in in business themselves for for 45 years. And I know that, you know, that's no small feat. So 90 years is amazing. So congratulations to the to the Alfred family. That's that's amazing. Oh, well, congratulations to yours, too. 45 years is uh, pretty impressive, actually. So but we appreciate your support and all that you do and stuff. And I'll be happy when the book comes out to um, send you a copy for your review. So I, I would love that. that. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah, and I and like I said, I'll let the I'll let the listeners know when it comes out as well. And if and in the meantime, uh, I'm going to mention it again. If somebody, if you want to enter to win the book, head over to to drummersresource.com forward slash Alfred. And also, if they want to purchase the book, where do you suggest they go? Just go to Alfred.com. Um, well, we actually don't sell direct, so we just uh, encourage them to go to either their local dealer or to order from either Amazon, JW Pepper, Sheet Music Plus, one of, one of those okay. um, those companies. All right, and they all have them in stock. They're all easy to uh, to work with, and um, um, they'll get good um, prices and stuff like that. So, yeah, that that should do it. Perfect. Well, Dave, thank you so much for for taking the time to chat with me today. Congratulations on your 30 years at Alfred. Congratulations on the 25th anniversary of Alfred's Beginning Drum Set Method book. And I'm looking forward to to seeing book two once it comes out. Thank you once again. It's been a pleasure talking with you. We appreciate your support. I appreciate your support. Absolutely. um, uh, We're lucky to have you in our court, and um, we look forward to – um, continuing to, um, you know, work with you down the line. That's great. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. Okay. Have All a right. good day. All right, Dave. Thank you again. Appreciate it. Sure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that was Mr. Dave Black. You can check him out at daveblackmusic.com or check out all the products at alfred.com. And I hope you got a lot out of that interview because I really did, especially about self self-promoting and self-publishing your own book and then going back to, you know, say Alfred or, or Warner or somebody like that to try to get them to to put the book out because I know a lot of listeners out there have ideas for books. So I really hope that this helped you sort of navigate that water a little bit and uh, served up some valuable information for you. 
Check me out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash drummers resource, on Instagram at drummers resource, and on Twitter at drummers are source. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll be talking to you soon. Peace. Peace.